0: back like we never left. It's Double Move Sports as always. I'm Steph Albiero. I'm here with Alex Lot, the fantasy phenom, and we're only a few short weeks away from NFL kickoff. This is mock draft season. This is fantasy football season at its finest in mid-August, and we're getting into our fantasy football MVPs today. And I know we got some loaded takes coming out here on the show. Alex, you ready to get into this?
1: Steph, really quickly. First of all, yes, I'm hyped. I'm ready to get into it. But before we do get started, (laughs) I want to lay out for people watching what a fantasy MVP is. And obviously, we could say Christian McCaffrey is a fantasy MVP. Obviously, we could say most guys going in the first and second round are. But what really makes someone a fantasy MVP is exceeding their expectations by everybody else at their position so this could be someone going at the back end of the first round or in the second round maybe even the third round that yes they're tough to get in drafts because they have a lot of value but we think they're going to step it up to the next level last year Devonte adams was one of my fantasy mvps going in the second round and the reason being was on that show i said I think Devontae Adams is going to step up and have a Michael Thomas of 2019 level season. Now that was one of the hits and it illustrates how some of these top end guys can be fantasy MVPs, but you can also have middle round guys. DK Metcalf was one of yours last year, Steph, who was going that fifth, that in fifth the Seahawks, round Jersey. type area. And you said, Hey, DK's a, a fantasy MVP because I think he is going to step up and excel into being an elite wide receiver. And that's exactly what happened. And it's where he's being drafted this year. So we got a good mix of guys on today's show. It looks like a couple guys that are going early that you should prioritize, a couple from the mid-rounds, um, and then even some that get down into that sixth, seventh, eighth round of draft. So we're going to go through three a piece, and it is going to be an absolute blast. These are guys that you are going to want to target in your upcoming drafts.
0: And it's a mix of upside. It's a mix of safety. And I'm going to jump into my first one. If You watched our most recent mock. We've talked about this guy at length. We've talked about getting difference makers at the position, especially in 10-team leagues, 12-team leagues, less so in 14-team leagues. But the first fantasy MVP I want to talk about here is a tight end, and that is Darren Waller. Yes. You can go look at our tight end tiers. We have Waller firmly in Tier 1, and he's back healthy in practice as of yesterday. We're recording this here on August 18th. And right now he's going to the back of the second round in 12-team PPR redraft leagues. I think that late second is a perfect place to draft him. Getting Darren Waller is essentially getting Travis Kelsey, but essentially a round and a half later. And Kelsey last year was that clear league winning pick of the 2020 season. And you can now get that this season in the second round. And, And you can still have... A difference maker at the tight end position where there's really only three or four guys max who are going to give you 15 plus fantasy points per game at the tight end position. Waller saw more targets and receptions than Kelsey on the season just last year. And everyone puts Kelsey on this, this pedestal where he's untouchable. He's going in the first round like 108, 109 in a lot of drafts right now in underdog, in mocks, in actual redraft leagues. And Waller finished just three fantasy points per game behind Travis Kelsey with 17 fantasy points per game. He was number one in deep targets, number one in red zone targets, number one in yards after the catch. Was seeing a 28% target share. That's, That's stud wide receiver one level target share from an offense. And if we look at the situation, the Raiders didn't really address the passing game weapons. They brought in John Brown. Which doesn't scare me at all if I'm Darren Waller as this clear, you know, alpha big dog in the passing game. We have Brian Edwards, who's still super young, super raw. We hope to see him ascend. We have him on dynasty rosters. He's been a guy we have been targeting late in those leagues, but at least for 2021, I mean, he's going to have to make some major changes to his game to really impact Waller's production. And then, same thing for Henry Ruggs, who, again, we're excited about him, but not that formidable of competition for Darren Waller on the Raiders. Now the difference between Waller and Kelsey is that, you know, Kelsey's on the Chiefs. He's tethered to Patrick Mahomes, whereas Waller's tethered to Derek Carr and the Raiders offense. But regardless, regardless, all it takes is a few more red zone looks. All it takes is for that Raiders offense to get hot for a stretch of the season. And you have Waller outproducing Kelsey, even if it's just three touchdowns making that difference. And it's back to the same old song and dance for Waller, who's now in year three, as the starting tight end for the Raiders should be a lock for 100 receptions, 1,200 receiving yards, and hopefully pushing upwards of eight touchdowns on the year. Draft Waller, enjoy the weekly advantage, and just pray that the Raiders offense can get hot this season.
1: I absolutely love the Waller pick. Yeah, it's been someone you and I have been talking about all offseason, and he arguably could have been a fantasy MVP last year, being drafted two rounds later and giving you the season that he did that you just highlighted. And the great thing about Waller is he does give you that floor. Like he's going to be one of these top three tight ends, barring injury. And in my opinion, for Waller really to be a fantasy football MVP this season in 2021, going in the back of the second round, he's going to have to match or exceed Travis Kelsey this season for you to feel like you really. And I'll, uh, I'll throw a
0: hot take out there. I think going into drafts next year. Waller's going over Kelsey
1: okay yeah that's fair and yeah for you to feel like you got a fantasy MVP at the back of the second round I do think that's going to have to happen but like you said the floor is there and that upside is there if he does get a few more touchdowns if this Raiders offense does get hot the pass volume goes up just a little bit we could see that this season Darren Waller is a fantastic athlete so I absolutely love the pick in Waller in the back of the second rounds as one of your fantasy football MVPs for 2021 but Steph, I'm gonna get into my first fantasy MVP. And this shouldn't be a surprise if you've been watching, you know, following along Here with the Sports for a while. Mine's Joe Mixon. It is finally Joe Mixon season. And one thing that really I know he's going in the middle to late second round, similar to, you know, the, the the ADP of Darren Waller. But what really makes Joe Mixon a fantasy MVP is that he is consistently being slept on and passed over due to this perceived disappointment that he's given fantasy football managers early in his career. And if you look at Mixon, despite fantasy finishes of RB10 and RB13 in 2018 and 2019, you look at last year, he was RB9 through the first six games when he was healthy. People are still passing on Joe Mixon in drafts, and they just say, I'm out. There's no way I can draft him this season. And he is being drafted as the RB13. So that's really the lowest we've seen him finish when fully healthy, yet that's where he's being drafted. Even though everything in Cincinnati has improved and is pointing upward uh, for Joe Mixon in 2021. If you look at his career, he's been nothing short of a workhorse over the last three years, over 17 carries and three and a half targets per game. And the narrative I'm seeing everywhere with that workhorse volume is that Joe Mixon sucks. Like People are thinking that Joe Mixon sucks, that he's not one of these elite talented backs, but he has tremendous size at six, one, 228 pounds with a four, four, five, four dash time pro- from his pro day coming out of college. So he has the size, he has the speed, he has the elusiveness and the power to do a ton in this Cincinnati backfield. Another big knock on Mixon is the lack of efficiency in Cincinnati. But you look at this team last season, the offensive line was ranked 30th in the NFL. It led to Mixon ranking 42nd in the league in yards before contact per rush attempt. Essentially every time he got the ball, he was just being absolutely swallowed up in the backfield by some of these big defensive linemen. We look forward to 2021. The Bengals drafted Jackson Carmen in the second round. They signed Riley Reef on the offensive line as well. So these aren't like cornerstone pieces for the line but it's 40% um, new, fresh talent in there that should make this offensive line better looking forward to the 2021 season. So I know the offensive line has been brutal in the past, but even with that, I just mentioned Joe Mixon has finished as a top 13 RB every time he's been healthy with the battle line. So now you get those improvements in place and his efficiency should be even better as we look forward to 2021. And the real reason that I love Joe Mixon for this season, I just feel like he is a can't miss running back barring injury is the receiving workload to date and his career. You know, I mentioned over the past three seasons, three and a half targets a game. It's okay, but it's not great. And now we finally see Cincinnati moving on from Giovanni Bernard, Giovanni Bernard vacates 59 running back targets in this offense. He was often on the field in those two minute drill, those third down situations. So Joe Mixon should see an even bigger target share from Joe Burrow Uh, this season in 2021. And Joe Mixon not only should see the target share, but he has the receiving skill set to get it done. He had a great pass catching profile coming out of the University of Oklahoma. And to date in his career, he has a ridiculously high 80.6% catch rate. So now that he should see that increased usage, we know he can get it done in the receiving game, his value and his upside should absolutely shoot through the roof. So when I look at Joe Mixon this season, there's nothing not to like. He has everything you want in a fantasy football running back. He has you know the heavy workload and the heavy volume on the ground as a runner. He has the talent himself to post elite production. Um, he is just incredibly well rounded in his game with power, with speed, with receiving ability. And now you get a Bengals offensive line that gets a little bit better. You have Joe Burrow coming back from injury. Jamar Chase coming in who should help this offense an offense that should be one of the highest volume offenses in the NFL for that touchdown upside. And I think Joe Mixon's going to create a massive, massive difference at the running back position in 2021 and lead a lot of people to championship.
0: I love it, man. He's a locked and loaded RB1 stud, no question about it. And even if you look at his efficiency woes from last season, what we do know about Mixon is the volume's going to be there, man. Even, even take out that Jacksonville game last year where he had 42 fantasy points. He had the two touchdowns. He had six targets. There were other games like against Baltimore, 24 carries, eight targets. Week one last year, 19 carries, two targets. I mean, that's exactly the type of usage and workload that you're looking for. And Mixon was getting that consistently. Just hope that the efficiency can improve and one more thing to note about the Bengals, and it's interesting because we we talked about the comparisons with Cincinnati and Dallas, the way their offenses are structured, the player personnel that they have. One of the really interesting points for Mixon is that he saw the fifth most light boxes last year. 60% of his carries were against light fronts, meaning less than seven defenders in the box, which is just fantastic to see. That's another small cookie crumb that we could follow that tells us the efficiency should improve behind those O-line moves. But Alex, let me get into our first wide receiver on today's episode. This shouldn't surprise anybody because it's Calvin Ridley right now going back to the second, right in that Darren Waller range, sitting at tier two for us in our wide receiver tiers. If you guys haven't seen it before, go check out our wide receiver tiers, running back tiers and tight end tiers on our channel. We actually go through 48 wide receivers, put them all into similar areas in your draft, and you can use that as a good reference point while you're on the clock. But when we look at Ridley's situation, I mean, we all know, right? Julio Jones is gone. He's He's gone to the Tennessee Titans. And Ridley's situation in Atlanta is as funneled as it's going to get in a high passing offense. This is borderline for Ridley right now. A, a Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams type situation. Okay, because now he's getting funneled volume. We've seen his splits with and without Julio. He is phenomenal. In 2020, where you had Julio with really... Only nine games, really more like seven because two of those games he left super early. Calvin Ridley already showed exactly what we expect from him in 2021. He was fourth in fantasy points per game, 143 targets with a 25% target share, 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns. The one thing I'll say with Ridley is that he did have a lot of empty targets. He had a a pretty low 63% catch rate but he was still top 20 in yards per reception, yards per target. And in 2020, we saw what we should project for Ridley. It's it's moderate efficiency, but huge target volume, and hopefully touchdowns. It's something that Ridley has always done, outproducing Julio Jones in the red zone, being that touchdown threat. Julio always had that problem where he couldn't get it done at the goal line, in the end zone. For whatever reason, Ridley was that dude, and it stayed the same last year when defenses were able to key in on Ridley to be that guy. Now we have Kyle Pitts coming into the offense. We have some fine role players in Russell Gage, Olomede, Zacchaeus, but I'm not expecting any of those guys to take a ton of volume away. I've already talked about how I expect Kyle Pitts to struggle in year one as a tight end because it's just something we've never seen before. So if Pitts really is that dude, he's going to change entirely what it means to be a rookie tight end going forward for us, but I'll let history kind of pave the way for me. And with Arthur Smith coming in, we think of, hey, he's coming from Tennessee. You know, he could be a, a run-first guy, but this Atlanta Falcons team doesn't have Derrick Henry. They have Mike Davis, Quadri Allison, and Javian Hawkins. Yikes. It's not a formidable run game, and it's, it's pretty soft. So I expect this team, even if they wanted to be a run-first team, they're not going to be able to sustain that with the game scripts that they're going to be in, with a defense that I don't expect to turn around in one season, and with Matt Ryan still there on a huge bloated contract. Ridley could easily have a 150 target, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdown type of season, and be a set it and forget it wide receiver one, maybe even the wide receiver one overall for your roster.
1: Really interesting stuff that with your Ridley pick here and with your Darren Waller pick, that's two guys that could have been kind of in that honorable mention category for fantasy MVPs last season, Darren Waller and Calvin Ridley in 2021 Going a couple rounds earlier than they did in 2020 in these drafts, that's always a good way to tell if a guy broke out and exceeded expectations. Look at their ADP this year versus last year, but I think it's spot on. People think about these first and second round picks. A lot of times you you want to go with that sexy name, that upside pick, that tried and true um, type of guy in these rounds, but getting a guy like a Calvin Ridley who provides a floor because of the volume you outlined and also provides the upside Again, because of the volume, but also because it's going to be a pass-happy offense, it's going to be a pass-first offense, and Matt Ryan is going to throw touchdowns, I think is a tremendous way to spend a second-round pick. So I'm on board with the Calvin Ridley pick, definitely someone I've been targeting in a lot of my drafts. But Steph, I'm going to go ahead and move on to my first wide receiver um, of my fantasy MVPs, and this one shouldn't be a surprise either. It's Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys, another one of these guys I feel like I've been on board with for a couple years now since we started this thing back before the 2020 season. Another player who had his season ended a little bit early in a different way. You know, he was still out there on the field producing, but his upside was ended when Dak Prescott went down. And because of that, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 17 right now per Fantasy Pros. That is the middle of round four. And that's my big question. If you're watching, if you're a part of these drafts, if you're a part of this, if you're causing Amari Cooper to go as a wide receiver (laughs) 17, what are we doing? Like, outsmart your league mates, outsmart the people you're playing with, and take Amari Cooper. If he's your wide receiver two, you are absolutely set up for success. And I'm fine with him as my wide receiver one, because we look at that 2020 season I mentioned with Dak Prescott missing most of the year, 75% of the year, with Andy Dalton starting the majority of the games and Ben DiNucci was in there. Garrett Gilbert was in there. Amari Cooper was the wide receiver 15 last year, yet he's being drafted as the wide receiver 17 for this year. That makes absolutely no sense to me. In the four games that we did see Amari Cooper with Dak Prescott, it's only a four game sample size in 2020, but he was the wide receiver one overall, the wide receiver one in fantasy. So I know it's a small sample size, but The value right now and the upside for Amari Cooper is just tremendous. And if we really want to look back to a bigger sample size, we can look back to 2019 with Dak Prescott. Amari Cooper finished the year as the wide receiver 10. So he still produced. Even though people are kind of dragging him through the mud a little bit, you're getting that discount because of what people remember about the Dallas Cowboys. And last year, his targets were far less valuable than they're going to be in 2021 because of that quarterback situation. His yards per target dropped from 10 in 2019 down to 8.6 in 2020. So every time he was getting thrown the ball, it was just less valuable from a yardage perspective. And his receiving touchdowns went from eight in 2019 down to five in 2020, which tied a career low. So heading back into the season, His target volume should stay the same. I know people are excited about CeeDee Lamb, but Lamb saw 111 targets last season. I expect that to go up a little bit, but there should still be plenty of volume to go around in Dallas. Cooper saw 130 targets in 2020. That should be his baseline again, and each one of those targets is going to be more valuable because Dak's going to be able to be more accurate. He's going to be able to push it down the field, and there should be more touchdowns coming as well. We look at why the volume's going to be high, and it's because the Cowboys' defense is terrible you know it's going to be a little bit better this season they were able to pick up Micah Parsons in the draft among some other things but it's still a bottom half unit so they're going to need to win these games by putting points on the board easiest way to do that is let Dak Prescott throw to his great wide receiver trio led by Amari Cooper you know and if we just want some icing on the cake you look at the schedule it's set up for shootouts I was about first of to all, go there. yeah NFC they get the East. Eagles they get the Eagles and the Giants twice and they also play the Chiefs the Chargers, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Cardinals. So there are plenty of matchups to like this season where this Cowboys offense and passing game could absolutely explode. So at his current value in the middle of the fourth round, Amari Cooper is an absolute steal. I expect him to finish as a top 12 wide receiver this season. And the reason he really is a fantasy MVP for me is because I truly believe that he could finish as the overall wide receiver one in 2021.
0: And it's so funny because I remember our fantasy MVPs last year. You had CD Lamb as one of those guys, and I know you had him on almost all your drafts, and it paid off in a big way. The irony now, switching over to the wide receiver one for Dallas. The, the new hotness in CD Lamb, I, I think the pendulum swung too far. And I'm seeing Lamb go over Cooper in a lot of spots, but he has not taken over that wide receiver one role quite yet. It's not to say we can't see it, but as of right now, based on everything we know, Cooper should be that dude. But Alex, last year I had Kyler Murray, who was going in the mid-rounds. He wasn't upside play. And so looking at upside QB, if you guys watch this show for any period of time, you know that we love late round quarterback in drafts. It's just the way to do it because you can stream the position. Go check out our perfect QB strategy video on our channel as well. If you want to see the full breakdown of how to treat the QB position in your PPR redraft leagues, But this guy, I mean, I don't know what more to say. I've brought him up, I think, on every single show that we've done, every single mock, because he's getting just brutally slept on right now. The ADP is absolutely ridiculous. Going back of the ninth round in underdog right now, it's Jalen Hurts, one of the most polarizing names, I think, in 2021 fantasy. But my rule this year is if he falls to the eighth round and I don't have a quarterback, it's an auto smash. It's an instant draft. No questions asked. And I think what's scaring people away from Hurts right now is because people think he's going to get benched because his completion percentage was low last year. Uh, I mean, we've seen players like that before. I'll get into some of the, the similar comps, but let's remember this Eagle situation is is a completely different one than last year. Not only is Carson Wentz gone, we all know that. He's with your, your Indianapolis Colts. Doug Peterson's also gone, so new head coach, new staff in there, and... As far as the quarterback position goes, it's Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins behind Jalen Hurts. Uh, This is Jalen Hurts' (laughs) team, unless the wheels absolutely fall off. And even if that happens, I will gladly ride the wave with Hurts, because as long as he's on the field, he has the upside to make him a league-winning pick in all formats in 2021. And I'm even talking dynasty here because with Hertz, we know he's an electric rusher. We know he's a freak athlete. He's 6'1", 222. That's running back size. He runs a four five nine forty. Was exceptional for the quarterback position at the combine. And he did it in college. I mean, at 18 years old, as a freshman in Alabama... He had 954 rushing yards, had 855 his sophomore year, and then his senior season at Oklahoma had the monster 1300 rushing yard season. It's crazy. And one of the fun things with Hurts is we know he has a big arm. He was one of the most efficient passers. His senior season was second in the country in air yards per attempt right behind Joe Burrow. And he was ahead of Trey Lance and Justin Fields those years. You know, and everyone's hyped about them this year. So Hertz is exactly the type of prospect we should be looking to take as a high upside gamble in redraft leagues that can be that difference maker. And look at Kyler Murray, who we talked about last year as an MVP. Kyler Murray doesn't even throw the deep ball that often. He's just on a quick pace of play offense. And Murray was still fourth in fantasy points per game. He typically runs the ball 100 times a season at a super efficient 6.2 yards per carry. But another guy to comp to Jalen Hurts would be Josh Allen, who was third in fantasy points per game last year. We know Allen has that monster downfield arm. He ran the ball about 100 times, and a lot of those were touchdowns. He may not necessarily have been the most efficient rusher, but he is putting up fantasy points there. And Murray and Allen were number one and number two in total fantasy points scored across all positions. And this isn't the first time we've seen it happen. We've seen guys like Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, even Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert last year, who can be mobile at times, can move around in the pocket and has that monster arm. And the thing that people get hung up on with Hertz is that completion percentage, right? Is his accuracy in the passing game. And last year it was bad. But things should be a lot better this year, at least on paper. We have the Eagles O-line coming back healthy. Miles Sanders is going to be coming back healthy, who we saw Hurts rely on heavily in a lot of his games. You can go see that clip on our channel breaking down Miles Sanders. We have Dallas Goddard, who's firmly going to be in that tight end one role. He's still, I believe, ascending as a player. Zach Ertz can be a fine role player, tight end. They bring in Devonta Smith, a top 10 overall draft pick. Jalen Ragor, last year, I I still believe in him a little bit. He was an exciting downfield threat in college. He could be a fine number two. He's coming in healthy now with a full offseason. Same thing for Jalen Hurts. Well, they had the weird COVID preseason last year. You also get some fine rotational players and Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward. But even with worse weapons, right? Like without Devonta Smith, with a banged up Jalen Ragor, with no Dallas Goddard, Hertz was putting up 24 fantasy points per game for the three weeks where he was the full-time starter. He had his debut late in the game against Green Bay where it was really just a, a, you know, a losing game script. Eagles had no chance to win. They're like, sure, let's just see what we have in the rookie. And we all know about Doug Peterson being a coward and pulling Jalen Hurts in week 17 for Nate Sudfeld. So while it's a limited sample size, I do want to make a comp to another rookie quarterback. And it's Josh Allen. I mean, we look at what Josh Allen did as a rookie. A lot of people were out on him because of that low completion percentage. Josh Allen, though, finished the year on a tear in 2018, won people fantasy championships, was the QB1 from weeks 12 to 17 coming back from injury. Allen in that stretch didn't throw more than 230 yards in a game. He had a disgusting 52% completion rate, had six rushing touchdowns, though, in six games. Jalen Hurts last year was running efficiently at 6.1 yards per carry on 12.7 carries per game on the ground, had three rushing touchdowns in his five starts, with two of those being you know, he didn't play the whole game. He threw the ball just as deep as Josh Allen at 8.1 yards per attempt. Hurts is from that Josh Allen blueprint, and that's the, the type of production he could be putting up in year two, where he has moderate passing game success, but prolific rushing production. And so for me, the question is simple. I mean, do I want the potential of a top 10 fantasy scoring asset on my roster? Even in a best case scenario, you're not getting that from Antonio Brown or Curtis Samuel or you know Damian Harris or Leonard Fournette, Michael Carter, all these mid-round upside names why not go for a player who's in a position that's way more secure in quarterback where look, if we know they play, they're going to get volume. It's not like you can get in these, you know, bad game scripts. Even guys like Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper that we're talking about are inevitably going to have games where they see like four targets and it's just the matter of what it is. Nothing else you could have done there. You played the matchups, you plugged them in. With the quarterback, you know they're putting their hands on the ball every single snap. I know that was a loaded take, but I've had a lot of questions on Hurts and keep them coming because I'm going to start directing people to this video all in on Jalen Hurts this year. He fits that profile of a true league winner at the quarterback spot in fantasy.
1: Steph, I got to give you credit. I mean, I respect the fact that you're taking all your chips and you're pushing them to the middle of the table on Jalen Hurts. And you've been doing it all offseason, but this is, is really that, that final, you know, all in moment for Hurts. And I'm definitely not as in on Hurts as you are. I've taken him in a couple places. If I get him at value or, or he falls around or things like that. So I certainly um, think he should be fine this season. I think he'll have his moments. I think he'll have his games. But, man, like that that's a fire take. I certainly think it is in the range of outcomes. I'm not necessarily betting on it the same way you are. But come into the season, we're going to see. And if you were right, Then you just picked up one of those guys that could be a league winner at the quarterback spot. You mentioned all the comps. Last year, it was Kyler Murray. The year before that, it was Lamar Jackson. If you find that next upside rushing quarterback that breaks out in the middle to late rounds of your draft, like you're going to be in a great spot to make a push in your league. And the thing is, if you're wrong to your your point, like if you take an eighth or a ninth round pick and you draft a quarterback and you get to stream him certain weeks and he has some upside, like you're going to be okay. It's not like this is a second-round pick you're burning on the quarterback position. So I like the take. I respect you for pushing all your chips in on Hurts. Let's go. And he's one of these polarizing guys that we get some of you know, the most outlandish, crazy questions on, and honestly, the highest volume of questions. Um, so it's going to be really fun to watch him play this season. And now, for everyone watching, you know where we stand and where Steph stands on Hurts in 2021.
0: So, Alex, another player going in these mid-rounds, eighth, ninth, sometimes even the 10th round. It's another guy I'm really excited for this season. I'm glad you finally jumped on the hype train. Shout out to our boy, Mike Liu, who who led us there slowly but surely. Because, Alex, I'm not even going to steal your thunder. Get into this take. Let's go. Fantasy
1: football MVP, we mentioned it. It can mean... You're a top round or a middle round guy that really exceeds expectations and jumps into that top three at your position, or it can be a guy that's a value, that's a sleeper and really takes a step up and breaks out this season. And this one's definitely going to be in that latter category. It's LaVisca Chenault. It's LaVisca Chenault. And for those of you that don't know who this is, wide receiver on the Jacksonville Jaguars, currently going as the wide receiver 42 in the ninth round on Fantasy Pros, over on Underdog Fantasy, people are a little bit you know, quicker to react, a little bit um, higher on LaVisca. He's going in the seventh round there, which I'm still fine with. But in a lot of these home leagues and a lot of these leagues you're drafting for, people aren't going to be on board with LaVisca Chennault. They're going to be drafting DJ Chark. They're going to think he's the number one in Jacksonville. And Chennault really is going to be one of those guys that's flying under the radar. And Chennault gives you everything you want in 2021 when you look for... Players that have a chance to break out. He has the skill set and athleticism. He should have the efficiency in Jacksonville and he will have the volume. Chennault is 6'1, 228, so he is built like an absolute tank and he's more explosiveness than he is speed. On playerprofiler.com, his best comparable player is AJ Brown. So think about just one of these absolute freak athletes out on the football field. He has second round draft capital just last season in Jacksonville and he had a very solid rookie year. He wasn't Anything crazy wasn't Justin Jefferson's C.D. Lamb level, but he didn't fall flat on his face either. He had 58 catches for 600 yards and five touchdowns. Jacksonville also got him the ball in creative ways. He got 18 carries last season, which is a nice little bump from a fantasy perspective. But if we look at Chenault's rookie year, and this is something we often see in these rookie wide receivers, they're not always these breakout guys from day one like the running back position. We see them come on. Um, As the season progresses, we usually see them break out in the second half of the year. And if we look at Chenault over the last five weeks of the season, he was actually the wide receiver 16 in PPR formats, averaging over 15 PPR fantasy points per game. So he showed us a pretty good stretch in his rookie season on a bad Jacksonville team that he can get it done at the wide receiver spot. So heading into year two, he is absolutely ready to take a step forward. Jacksonville passes the ball way more than people realize. If you look at the 2020 season with Gardner Minshew, Jake Luton and Mike Glennon, they were seventh in the NFL in pass attempts. It was because the defense is terrible and the defense arguably could be worse in 2021. So this team is going to trail. They're going to be behind in all of these games. They could be top five in pass attempts this season. So now you also bring in Trevor Lawrence um at quarterback one of these you know generational prospects as they say to to take over one of the best quarterback prospects we have seen in years and regardless of what you think of t law we know he's going to be an upgrade from the guys they had last season because last season with that seventh overall pass volume they were 28th in completion percentage 27th in yards per attempt and 21st in pass touchdowns so even though the volume was high a lot of the output was low and with trevor lawrence it's going to be an improvement and it could be a massive improvement for this Jaguars football team. Um, so I know they brought in Marvin Jones as well in this offense. If we're talking about things that are changing for Jacksonville, they brought in Marvin Jones. They brought in Travis ETN in the first round of the draft at the running back spot, but believe it or not. And I had to fact check this a couple times because it surprised me. Keelan Cole and Chris Conley alone, just those two guys vacate 151 targets from this Jacksonville Jaguars football team. So Marvin Jones is going to get some volume. He'll have the touchdown upside, sure. DJ Chark is still going to be involved. But Chenault entering year two, in my opinion, is the most talented wide receiver on this football team. I think he's going to be the biggest beneficiary of the vacated targets left behind from Keelan Cole and Chris Conley And I think he's not only going to walk into that target volume, but he's going to command that target volume. He's going to earn it because he finds ways to get open. Jacksonville gets him the ball around the line of scrimmage, and he's just going to be one of those guys that's T-Law's best friend um, as a rookie quarterback coming in and having that guy. He can throw too short across the middle and watch Chenault take it for, you know, 20, 25, 30 yards to the house. So if I look at this Jacksonville Jaguars offense, you get a top pass volume team, they have no tight end of consequence. You get a huge upgrade at quarterback. You have tons of vacated targets. You have a talented player that's leveling up. We saw him level up at the back half of last season. He's going to have a bigger role in year two. The stars are all kind of aligning together for a massive breakout season for LaVisca Chennault, and I am all in. I think he will lead this team in targets. I will take him over DJ Chark all day long, and it would not surprise me one bit. And The reason I have him as a fantasy MVP because I think he could finish in the top 12 wide receivers in
0: 2021. Bringing the spice on LaVisca. Alex, I love it. I love it, man. He has everything he needs to be able to go out and be a stud. We're already hearing positive camp reports. Don't want to overreact to those, but things are trending in the right direction for Chenault. And that stretched to end last year. I mean, we saw that even when we talk about T. Higgins and C.D. Lamb, a lot of people just don't think about LaVisca Chenault because the season was pretty much over for most folks in fantasy. Mm -hmm. The regular season was dying down, and that's when Chenault started to impress and get onboarded into the offense. But, Alex, I think that's it for our MVPs. We appreciate you all listening and watching. If you want to continue the conversation with us, get feedback on trades draft picks, whatever it might be, hit that Discord channel in the description down below. And on YouTube, a like and a sub, always appreciated. Keeps the show moving forward. And we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.